This podcast is brought to you by Two More Reps Coffee Beans. Get your two more reps with this natural pre-workout. Buy your bag at twomoreps.com.au. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today I bring you episode 98, and I'm back in I'm back in Australia. It's uh, it was a long winded trip, three weeks in total over in India. We had a wonderful time, so much experience, so much culture seen. Um, obviously, we ran two very successful bodybuilding shows, and the point of this podcast is to obviously sort of do a wrap on my experience over there, primarily around the fact that I obviously had to maintain fairly strict dieting parameters um, while overseas. Not only while I'm in the country, but obviously the flights over and the flights back because you know I've been dieting now for 20 odd weeks and I certainly didn't want to disrupt that progress by um, sacrificing, you know, the or succumbing to all the delights of Indian cuisine, which uh, can easily be done. You know, the temptation was certainly massive, but my goals are bigger than that. My discipline was there, and um, yeah, I made it happen. But I wanted to sort of talk about that as well as my Indian experience in general, and um, just highlight some of the fascinating things that we uh, we saw while in India. So we obviously left, um, you know, and, and and flew out. Now our flight over was uh, it was three legs. So um, at this point, you know, the, the world had just starting to open back up again, and. Um, you know, it, international travel was very po- very popular at this time, and I'm talking like, um, you know, I, I travelled years and years ago, but it was only a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, international travel was very popular. So, um, you know, getting three legs to India was not the ideal situation, but in point of fact, it actually worked out well for me um, because we flew Brisbane to Darwin, Darwin to Singapore, Singapore to Bangalore. And each leg was around four and a half, five hours. So very manageable, very, very manageable in terms of time frame, in terms of eating, in terms of planning. Um, it was obviously longer because we obviously had the layovers in, in each airport. Um, Darwin Airport actually upon arrival had been cleared due to security threats. So we kind of got delayed there a little bit. Singapore wasn't too bad, although we had to rush to our gate given that we were delayed. And, um, you know, that wasn't overly um, concerning. What was... Uh, Challenging for me, I guess, was managing my food. Now, when I committed to my prep at the start of the year and engagement services, my coach, who I'd already um, been working with for well over 12 months, um, I knew that this India trip was highly likely. It had been spoken about several times. We were just sort of waiting to see how international travel was going to fare and the requirements around that. Um, But when we got the green light, I'd already committed, knowing full well that India was on the cards. And um, I knew I just had to manage my time over there and manage the flights, manage my food, my expectation. And I also wanted to set an example. And without this sounding egotistical, I wanted to make sure that I could prove to many, and uh, particularly those in similar situations, that you can diet while traveling. You can stick to a strict regime while traveling. It, It doesn't have to come undone and you don't have to overindulge and eat like a dickhead when you go overseas. You know, it comes down to discipline at the end of the day. So going back to my flight over. Um, At Darwin Airport, I actually had cans of tuna confiscated off me. Um, So 
Uh, I, I believe you, you're only allowed 220 mils or 240 mils of liquid on you when you travel. Um, now, obviously, I had the small cans of tuna. I think I had four in my bag, which exceeded that amount. So they had to take a couple off me. So that downgraded my food. But um, I was traveling on tuna and rice cakes. That was my primary source of food to get me through to India. Fortunately, on one of the legs, I'm pretty certain it was the... Um, the Singapore to Bangalore leg, they served up grilled chicken and, and steamed vegetables. So I was at home there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very much intuitive when it comes to eyeballing food. I can I can pretty much determine weights and parameters around macros pretty accurately now. I've been doing it for such a long time. So even though I needed to adhere to a very strict diet, um, I allowed a little bit of uh, tolerance when it came to obviously eating under these conditions because it wasn't like I could walk down the street and get go to the shop and then scan some food in or weigh my food while we're on in the air, um, in the the plane. I was really um, conf uh, confined by uh, what I could carry on plus what they served up. Either I had what was available to me or I basically didn't eat for the duration. So I took the the first option and just made the smartest choice as possible. Now, obviously, through the length of flight, you know, we're talking 15 hours plus, obviously, layovers, so I think it was about 18 in total. We got into Bangalore well and truly late in the evening. I think it was after midnight. Um, so very tired, very hungry. Um, beautiful reception. Um, they had arranged, you know, some drummers, and we got lays and all sorts of stuff welcoming us to the country. So that was pretty cool, very special. Um but it wasn't until the next morning that I pulled my body weight scales out, jumped on the scales to see what sort of, um, I guess, influence the flight had had on my body. And surprisingly, I'd actually dropped weight. I dropped 700 grams in that space of time, which was fascinating to me. I'm always looking at these things from a, um, obviously from a science perspective, because normally most people do carry weight when they travel. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's generally fluid retention due to the cabin pressure, due to lack of activity, a uh, bit of swelling, things like that. Um, whereas I had the opposite effect. So I don't know if that was because I was relatively lean or just uh, my body decided to respond differently. I wasn't too sure because I didn't, like the only activity I did from getting on the plane in Brisbane to landing in Bangalore was, um, you know, maybe a few hundred steps in each airport. That's about it. Other than that, I did nothing. So normally my body's highly active. You know, I'm pulling 13,000 steps a day and obviously training six days a week um, with weights. So totally different environment, but it, I made it work. I made it work and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it work. So we got to Bangalore. That was the first thing. Got there comfortably. Next morning, um, I, I early uh, f first found out and established the um, accessibility to the restaurant. We obviously had uh, breakfast included in our stay. And the restaurant had um, chefs on hand where they actually cooked food for you at your request. So immediately I found out that I could get egg white omelets made up, which great. You know, my, my two biggest concerns heading to India was one, the lack of uh, food that I could eat because obviously their primary cuisine and their primary diet is based around curries, rices and breads. That's it. That's what they primarily eat. So I was really concerned about me sourcing lower calorie options um, and even protein proved to be very challenging um, because remember cows are sacred over there they don't eat them they don't have any red meat so chicken was uh, found to be the only primary protein source I could really get my hands on besides egg whites and then obviously down the track I sourced a protein powder 
So I found uh, egg whites to be the staple for my breakfast, along with steamed vegetables um, and then fruit as well uh, to sort of get my carbs up to a degree uh, that I needed. And, and I had my food scales with me, so I was able to um, measure everything accurately and keep everything in check to ensure that you know I was on point with my numbers. Um, I quickly sussed out the hotel gym. Now, it wasn't ideal. It just had one of those multi-purpose sort of machines, a few busted pieces here and there. They had dumbbells up to 25 kilos, which is handy. So whenever I couldn't get to a training facility around the place, which wasn't that convenient, um, I'd train in the gym. They had two, tread two active treadmills as well, so I was able to get my steps up. So I got into a bit of a routine. So 6 a.m. every morning, I was down on the treadmill because I wasn't sure as to how many steps I'd get throughout the day. Like we were in a city that was foreign to me. Um, we'd been sort of cautioned about just sort of wandering around on your own, even though Bangalore was deemed to be very safe. Um, but given you're a Westerner, you do stand out quite considerably, you know, being white skinned and obviously pale and uh, tall and yeah. So um, a lot of the time I just wanted to make sure my steps were met. So I, I made sure that I, uh, I got a, a large amount done first thing in the morning. Um, Fortunately, uh, we did venture down to a couple of gyms, a couple of different gyms. Myself, Monty, and Joey went to uh, a Gold's gym, believe it or not, which wasn't too bad. It was pretty well set up. Um, so we trained in there one day. Then Joey and I found a couple of others um, around the place that we trained at as well. And, um, you know, some of them were actually pretty good. Like, when I say pretty good, compared to over here, like compared to a Worlds or a Good Life or a, um, you know, one of the, the more bigger box gyms, doesn't compare because... They were effectively, you know, um, what would we say, the size of a double garage, maybe, oh, actually, that's probably an understatement, maybe two double garages in a typical house would be the size of a, of a, a good gym in Bangalore. Um, we did visit a couple that were a lot smaller than that, and their gym equipment was quite well-worn and well-used, um, and, and, yeah, it was, it was very interesting, but... Nonetheless, I was still able to access the gym, get good workouts done. I trained with Joey quite often too, which was handy to have someone to push you. Um, and, you know, we made it work. So seven days in Bangalore was really, really fun. It was a great city. We did a little bit of cultural uh, sightseeing as well. well. Obviously, we were there to do the Bangalore Royal Show, and, and I've spoken about that on a previous podcast with the team. Um, but that went off really successfully. Now, one of the, another thing that did concern me a little bit was obviously managing the backstage of the show, which is was my responsibility, and obviously not having a break. So we, we effectively ran the show from start to finish with our breaks. So I would have a, a slightly larger breakfast that morning to try and sustain me through. Um, the guys would um, feed me with water and, and Pepsi Max um, as we went, although it was called Pepsi Black over there. But I had to just sort of power through. Um, I didn't want to let the show down because the, the timing basically hinged on my shoulders to ensure that I had everyone lined up on time to get them uh, ready on stage and then get the next line up and then the next line up. I was trying to stay two in front. Um, so look, I was heavily distracted, which worked in my favor. It didn't um, cause any hunger issues or anything like that. And obviously I got plenty of steps up as well. So yeah, it wasn't too bad an experience um, in terms of obviously the dieting parameters that I'd set myself. So I made it work. I dropped more weight that week as well. Still did my check-ins as per normal, and you know it, it was it was pretty much a success. Now, then the fun start part came because we then travelled to Delhi. So uh, domestic flight, two and a half hours, no problem. You know, uh, went through Delhi Airport, got to uh, sorry, went through Bangalore Airport, flew, landed in Delhi, 
went to the baggage uh, the baggage carousel and lo and behold my bag didn't turn up and you, you never want to be that person when you're in a group traveling together and you're the last one waiting for your bag and it takes a while like that's a pretty yuck feeling nonetheless but when all the bags came out and there was no one left standing at the carousel but I'm still there waiting for my bag I'm thinking oh Christ what's happened here where's it ended up and you wouldn't know like being in India it's, it's a lawless country in many ways um, so I was a bit concerned that my bag was not going to show up or it had ended up on another flight or God knows. So fortunately, obviously, I had Jay's family with us who, um, you know, are Indian and, and speak fluent Hindi. So we went to the Air India counter um, and quickly established where the bag may be. Now, Jay had actually turned to me and said, Paulie, did you happen to pack a power bank in your check-in luggage? And I thought for about 10 seconds and I went, oh, shit. Yeah, I did. And straight away, that was that was it. Um, the bag had been flagged because I had actually two power banks in my check-in luggage and it didn't make the flight. So I was still in Bangalore. So at least we figured that one out. Now, the issue proved to be getting the bag from Bangalore to Delhi. Um, in India, people are not willing to help you unless there's something in it for them. Um, and I mean that with all due respect to the, the Indian community that I do know. But for those that I don't, um, they're not prepared to bend over backwards to make something happen. Whereas in Australia, you would, you, you, you know, you'd go out of your way in terms of customer service to, to appease the customer and make sure that that issue didn't happen again. But it, it was for three days I went without my bag. And look, I, we managed. Fortunately, one of our contacts in, um, in Delhi uh, has a, uh, a apparel manufacturing company. So he supplied me with some clothes. I got some jeans, some shirts, socks, underwear, etc. Um, so I made do training was interesting because I had to train basically in collared shirts or a hoodie because I didn't have anything else in terms of training uh, shirts, um, but I couldn't stop. I had to train. So again, just commitment to the cause. And it took a long time to get to coordinate my bag and get it back. So we actually had to send people to Bangalore airport back in Bangalore to make sure that it was there, get the power banks out of it and then send it on its way. That took over three days of back and forth. Um, at the Delhi end, we kept going back and forth to the airport, trying to call through to Air India, customer service, no one was answering. And in Delhi, you're actually physically not allowed in the airport unless you've got a, um, a boarding pass or a, um, you're an employee. So we couldn't actually physically go into the building, into the airport, go up to the counter of Air India and, and obviously make the request for my bag. They wouldn't allow us in. So um, by the third day, I went with... Um, Nayan and, and Dipti to uh, to the airport in case they needed me to ID myself, took my passport, and we just stood outside the, the door. The soldier at the door wouldn't let us in. He was kind of good to us in terms of um, understanding the situation. Finally, uh, Nayan grabbed an Air India staff member as, as he was going in, and they spoke to him, obviously, in, in Hindi about the situation, and they basically, well, for lack of a better term, bribed him. They said, look, if you can go and find our bag... Um, you know, we'll give you some money. And that's what happened. Unbe unbelievable. Like, it's just incredible experience because obviously over here in Australia, firstly, you're able to walk into the airport, no problem. Um, secondly, a bag that gets lost, they generally go out of their way to try and um, find it for you. Otherwise, they may reimburse you. They may compensate you for, you know, time or whatever. But over there, nah. And it came out. The guy came out and lo and behold, he had my bag and um, we... Um, secretly handed him some money through one of those dodgy handshakes that you see in the uh, in the movies, and I got my bag back. 
Now my bag came back, I went home, back to the hotel, checked it out, and uh, my power banks were obviously gone, but so was my body weight scales. I actually bought some new scales to take with me to obviously keep measure on my weight, but they'd taken them as well. So for the remainder of the trip, for the remaining, I think it was five days, I didn't have any way of measuring my weight. Now I did think, okay, I'll check with the hotel, see if they have any scales. They allowed me to use the Porter scales in the uh, in the bag room for a period of time, but the problem was it was so inaccurate and it had been so bashed up that I couldn't trust it. Like I, I firmly believed it was at least a kilo out on what it what it should have been. So I did that for a couple of days, and I went, you know what, I'm better off just sticking to my plan, being uh, consistent with my nutrition, keep up my training, keep up my steps, control what I can control, and then worry about it when I get back. And that's what I did. But um, going back to when we arrived in Delhi, um, obviously, once again, I established quickly regarding food situation. The um, breakfast, again, was included in the, in the restaurant. It was a buffet breakfast. So, again, I was able to get egg white omelettes. I was able to get fruit. Um, they had steamed vegetables and stuff. They serve up a lot of curries for breakfast, believe it or not. Um, so, there's a lot of savory dishes available as well. Obviously, I didn't have any, but they had the side vegetable options. So, I could do that as well. Um, boiled eggs. So there were a few different options there that um, that met my needs. Uh, lunch and um, dinner were a different animal because at the previous hotel in Bangalore, we generally went back to the restaurant because it was cheap, it was very affordable, very efficient, and um, they would serve up grilled fish, uh, grilled chicken for me as well as steamed vegetables. That was effectively my lunch and dinner. Um, here, it was a lot more expensive. It was another star up in terms of rating. But because of its location, um, it was right near the airport, plus obviously being the capital city, prices were a bit higher. So we opted to have most of our dinners at a food court in a shopping center just nearby, like literally a couple of hundred meters away. Now this food court, unlike food courts over here, was every inch of Asian food you can think of, from Nepalese to Indian to um, Taiwanese to Thai to Chinese to... It was incredible. Every type of Asian cuisine you could think of was available in this food court. So straight away, I then had to, um, and with the help of others, figure out what I could have because obviously I couldn't be influenced by um, marinades and sauces and creams and, you know, that's how they cook their food. Indian cuisine in particular is cooked on creams, nuts, um, and spices. So... We found a roast chicken meal. So when you read roast chicken, you think, oh, it's going to be a partially um, cut up, you know, roast chook like we get from, you know, Foodworks over here. No, no, no. It was actually sliced bits of chicken breast um, cooked in some sort of herb dressing uh, served with a, like a salad. I thought, okay, great. You beauty. This is it. This is me for the next few nights. So that was my staple that um, I did try a couple of soups as well, um, and I also found uh, another place had uh, steamed green vegetables. So between all those options, I was pretty much set. It was all significantly cheaper. Um, you know, each meal was costing about three, four dollars, and um, we, uh, I got through it. Yeah, so that wasn't a problem at all. Um, again, going on to the deli show, um, I basically had to do the same thing where I'd, I'd eat more in the morning to try and sustain myself through the day. The deli show did run longer, run later, and um, uh, again, because it was, I was so busy, I just got heavily distracted in what I was doing and I wasn't overly concerned in regards to um, being hungry during periods. So it seemed to work well in that regard. Now, um, I got into a really good rhythm and routine in Delhi in particular. So the gym, the hotel gym was actually very well equipped. Um, 
and it was on the same floor as our room. So every morning, 6 a.m. sharp, I was up, I was straight on the treadmill for an hour. And that would accumulate around six to 7,000 steps, depending on how, obviously, the pace I was going. Um, and on that time, I'd do a lot of work. I'd respond to clients. I'd watch some documentaries. Um, and I'd, uh, I'd accumulate those steps. So then by the day's end, I'd reassess and think, okay, where am I at? Because my target was 13. Um, if I needed a 1,000 straight away, I'd go back to the treadmill and knock it out. If I didn't, great. I was done for the day. Perfect. So that, that really helped me out. And then in terms of training... Um, you know, we were nearby a fairly centralized um, community area where it was significantly more run down in terms of where we were staying. Um, you know, it was like going from, um, I guess, uh, you know, a world-class facility into the slums, effectively. It was hard to sort of put into words, but there were quite a few gyms in there. So we went in there and explored, and it was deemed a little unsafe at times, so you had to go in with groups, but... We found a couple of cool gyms, very small, but they had what we needed. Um, and we, we trained in there. If we didn't train in there, we trained in the, the hotel facility. So I trained pretty much every day, and that was my objective. Train every day, get my steps, and hit my nutrition, which is what I did. Drank plenty of water as well because, um, you know, you can't drink the tap water over there, so it has to be bottled. So I always had a bottle of water, a, a bottle of, uh, water on me at all times. So I tended to drink more water than I uh, usually would, plus the heat obviously influenced that as well. So that was effectively my uh, my time over there. So food, surprisingly, didn't prove to be as challenging as I thought. I really did have concerns about it. I really thought I'd struggle. Um, not so much in terms of the enticement or the, the, um, the want or desire to eat Indian cuisine. It was more just having lack of options, but... When you, when you want something bad enough and you look around, there, there are variations and, and options available. And we made it work. Like everyone was on board with me. They were all supporting me. Everyone knew I was dieting. So they all helped me out when needed. They'd find food for me or they'd tell me to, that, you know, there's a good option over here and things like that. So I, I really do appreciate that. No one was um, obviously um, too, too uh, I guess, caught up in their own bubble to, you know, enjoy themselves without looking out for me, which is really nice and really, uh, I'm really grateful for that. So the experience was was even better because of that. But it just goes to show that even when you go away, you don't have to eat like a pig. Even when you go away, you don't have to drink like a dickhead. You know, you can maintain smart, uh, logical choices when it comes to food. And look, I'm all for trying foreign cuisine. Like, I'm a massive culture buff. I love going to foreign countries Going down back streets and, and finding, you know, new experiences and experiencing culture and obviously food is a big part of that. But when you've got a specific goal you've got to meet or a, uh, an end game, then you've got to be disciplined. It's as simple as that. You have to be disciplined. And I made it work. Now, flying home, that was definitely a challenge. Um, it was two legs, uh, Delhi to Singapore, Singapore to Brisbane. Delhi to Singapore was, I think, five and a half hours and Singapore to Brisbane was eight. Um, so again, I was victim of what was available to me. So I had to be really picky, really strict and ensure that, um, you know, I could sort of roughly calculate what was available. And uh, if memory serves me correct, both meals were meat and veg dishes. Um, they, they all serve up dessert, but I didn't have that. And um, then I just filled myself up on coffee and, and Pepsi Max to get me through. So we got back into Australia late Tuesday night, uh, didn't get home till uh, I think it was about 9.30, 10, um, which was a good timing. So I purposely didn't sleep for the majority of the flight. Um, we got home, 
crashed straight away, slept through the night, woke up normal time, and straight away we were back into it um, without much jet lag. Going over jet lag was was incredibly tough. It really knocked us around for three days where we were waking up at like two in the morning, um, couldn't get to sleep until late, and then obviously the days were dictated by our schedule. So some days we wouldn't eat dinner until you know 9.30 at night, um, which would really throw us out, and it was hard to sort of adjust on the run. But <clears throat> knowing full well we were there for the experience, the opportunity, and, and incredibly grateful to have been given that opportunity, we just um, we made it work. Um, and just made sure we slept when we needed to sleep, we rested when we needed to rest, and uh, and the rest was was that. So look, it was a wonderful experience. Um, I highly recommend India. Like you know, a lot of people don't have India on their top sort of top five maybe places to visit. You tend to go for more tropical locations, more scenic locations. But my God, the culture is so amazing. Um, you know, from the bodybuilding perspective, like for people to have so many limitations around their environment. Um, you know, the water uh, quality is not great. The air quality is not great. Living conditions are, are terrible. It's a third world country after all. They don't have the access to quality of food like we do. Yet, they're happy. They're enthusiastic. They're excited. They're, they live life to their fullest. They just, they live life to a capacity that we can only imagine. And it gives you so much perspective. It really does. Um, and I really appreciate the experience from that and, and the learnings I took from it. Um, you know, and, and the bodybuilders, my God, like they were insane. They were so impressive. Um, considering again, the limitations I spoke of, you know, protein is, is not that common. Uh, chicken's your primary source, um, egg whites and then powders. Uh, and most Indians are vegans or vegetarians. So they have a lot of things, um, to that work against them, but they still make it work. Uh, the gyms are obviously nowhere near the, the standard we have over here. We are so spoiled for training facilities over here. It's ridiculous. We have fresh markets with food. We have um, a plethora of, of different meat sources, you know, and um, and yet people still complain they can't lose weight or they can't diet or they, they can't get motivated. Well, that's why going to a place like India really gives you new perspective and really makes you appreciate what you do have, not what you don't have. Um, so yeah, it's certainly, it was certainly an eye opener and I'm very much looking forward to going back in a couple of months time, this time to Mumbai, which I believe is, uh, is very much a cultural hub, home of Bollywood, uh, a lot of shopping and things like that. And then finally in December, we head to Goa, um, which we went to in 2019, um, which is going to be anticipated to be the largest show, uh, at this stage in terms of participation. So very, very exciting. As for me, um, obviously I came back landed in Australia and my weight was stable. So for that, those final few days where I didn't have um, uh, scales, I didn't freak out. You know, scales didn't dictate what I was doing. I went on visual assessment. I went on how I felt. I went on training performance. And obviously, I controlled the controllables. I controlled my water. I controlled my steps. I controlled my training. And I controlled my food. And um, I came back and I was in really good nick. So with plenty of time up my sleeve, still to obviously uh, dial in a little bit more and under the um, guidance of my uh, very knowledgeable and experienced coach, that's exactly what we plan to do. And with uh, eight weeks to go, we're well and truly on track. So <clears throat> it all came together well. And, um, you know, the experience, I'm so glad I didn't turn it down or I'm, and I'm so glad that I didn't give up my prep for it. Um, you know, I, I got both of them done in unison um, without too many issues, surprisingly. Um, and I learned a lot. So, 
anyone who travels overseas and is obviously going to compete or is going to comp- uh, is going is planning to compete down the track or is competing when they travel um, I learn a lot of things about my journey that I can then part on which was one of the sort of the key elements of me prepping this season I wanted to uh, learn what the body did um, under travel circumstances so I certainly got that uh, that knowledge to a degree now everyone's going to respond differently of course but it still gave me some experience nonetheless which I'm, I'm very grateful for so at this point in time um, you know it was a wonderful experience it really was and I'm so glad that we were asked to be involved and we'll obviously continue to do so in the future. But yeah, the perspective is the biggest take home. I've had a lot of conversations this week from clients saying, what, what was your number one take home? You know, what what's a highlight? And it was perspective, without a doubt. Like we got to see a lot of culture. We didn't do a lot of sightseeing or tourist stuff just due to the, our commitments. Um, we got to speak to a university. So myself, Jay, Joey and Leon all spoke to um, uh, a room full of university students who were majoring in sports science, and we spoke about nutrition and obviously bodybuilding and things like that. We also spoke to a group of um, younger students from a sporting college, um, again, around nutrition and, and uh, exercise and things like that. And that was a very humbling experience. Like they don't have a lot of nutritional education or courses or anything like that. So they're very much behind the eight ball over there when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, so again, you know, being able to part wisdom and your knowledge um, and your experience onto others, particularly in those sort of environments, is is incredibly humbling and really rewarding. So I'm I'm so so grateful for it. So I guess the take home message for me not only is the perspective aspect, but also the fact that you can maintain um, tolerance and discipline to your diet no matter where you're going and what you're doing. A lot of people use a holiday as an excuse to blow out. Like I know I've got a mate, won't name his name. Um, years ago, he dieted right down to look really, really good for a uh, holiday to Bali. Looked sharp as, like he could have probably competed in a few more weeks' time. Went to Bali um, and went nuts. Drinking, food, came back 10 kilos heavier after a week. One week, 10 kilos. That's what can happen. <clears throat> so obviously, you don't diet into a holiday for starters. But secondly, you don't eat like a dickhead um, when you go away. Simple as that. Um, otherwise, you just got to work twice as hard when you get back. As we know, it's it's easy to put the weight on. It's incredibly challenging to put it off. So with that, I'll uh, I'll finish up on that. My Indian experience was wonderful. It was amazing. I can't wait to go back. <clears throat> um, and in future years, we hope to take our children too because we want them to experience the same culture and, and the same opportunities we did. So thank you once again for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have, please share it on your stories and tag myself at Paul's Body Engineering. Um, and if you haven't already, please jump on my website, paulsbodyengineering.com. Have a look at my coaching services, also uh, the line of apparel, uh, accessories, and ebooks that are now available for purchase. If you're interested in coffee beans, amazingly locally brewed, sorry, locally roasted coffee beans, jump on twomorereps.com.au. But other than that, as I say to every client every single day, have a great day. 